Welcome to the Collins Hill Football Podcast. I'm your host, John Miller, joined by Eagles head coach and 2021 state champion, Lenny Gregory. And behind the microphone, our audio engineer, Bernardo Richardson. We'd like to thank Chili's and Miko Woodward, the GM at 947 Lawrenceville Swanee Road, for being our host for the Collins Hill Eagles Podcast. Last week's game recap, sponsored by Chili's. Stop by your neighborhood Chili's after our games for great food and daily drink specials. The Collins Hill Eagles varsity squad took on the Brookwood Broncos. The game was a heavyweight fight with each team delivering body blows and neither team backing down during the contest. On top of having to compete with the Broncos, Mother Nature got involved, forcing the Eagles to focus on a ground-and-pound approach against the stingy Broncos defense in the first half. The Eagles amassed 183 yards on the ground with 78 coming from sophomore running back Jakari Thomas. Senior quarterback Mikey Sheehan added 71, with junior Chase Nash adding another 30. The Eagles added another 136 through the air, with a majority coming in the second half with seniors Isaiah Richardson and Jaden Davis each catching a touchdown pass. Our defense was phenomenal, holding a high-powered Broncos offense to a total of 13 points. Senior linebacker Luke Thomas had himself a night with 10 tackles and two tackles for a loss. Senior linebacker Deion Crawford added four tackles, three TFLs, and two sacks in a safety. Sophomore linebacker Javion Hatch added nine tackles, and freshman D lineman Deuce Earls added seven tackles, two TFLs, and four quarterback hurries. Sophomore defensive back Ethan Campbell added four tackles and an interception of the Alabama commit. Senior Isaac Bonacci added two PATs and constantly put Brookwood with the long field to work with following his kickoffs. The final score with Collins Hill prevailing, 16-13. Coach, that was an absolute dogfight of a game. Yeah, it was a a hard-fought win. I'm so proud of our kids for, um, you know, just just never doubting the plan. And we, we faced adversity the entire game with the rain and and all that. And, and um, you know, our, our kids grew up. They, they really grew up. And and just to see them compete and, you know, not not fall apart. And, and uh, we got, you know, got them to halftime. And it just I'm you know, so proud of our kids. Coach, I'm going to give you a stat. Nine for 23. Your defense held an elite quarterback to under 40% completion, keeping the Broncos out of the end zone in the second half and getting a holding call in the end zone to seal the game with a safety. Talk to us about the defensive unit and the performance from them last Friday. You know, it starts with um, with Deion Crawford and what he brings to our defense. And You know, they say pressure uh, burst pipes, and Deion – Dion was the pressure and and uh, was able to get get to him and really uh, made some big fourth down stops. I mean, you know, it just seemed like you know they they'd get momentum and you know go for it on fourth down and and uh, you know there's Dion just making a play, either a tackle for loss or a sack, and um, yeah, he's the heartbeat of our defense and you know he he gets he gets everybody else playing. And with confidence and fast and physical and you know, I'm just I was so impressed with with um, you know everything that we did defensively on uh, on Friday. Absolutely, Coach, and and the guys in the defensive backfield as well doing such an excellent job of really and truly shutting down the passing lanes, preventing you know that high-powered Brookwood offense from really doing much through the air. They didn't really hurt us except for one touchdown. We take a lot of pride, you know, I, and I think everybody knows this. I'm a, I'm a defensive guy, and, um, you know, we build our football team on a, on a tough, hard-nosed defense. We're going to pursue the ball. We're going to be fundamentally sound. You know, we're, we're going to play with a chip on our shoulder. 
um, you know, our defense coordinator, Drew Swick, is, is you know, he, he, phenomenal. And he's, he, he's so passionate for these kids and for our community and program and, and what he pours into the game plan. And, 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 and uh, you know, I can't stop at him. We've got a phenomenal defensive staff. You know, we uh, every single one of them, and I can I can name each one of them from Coach Beck and what he's doing with the D line, and you know, it's just year after year that he's been coaching the D line, we've got elite defensive linemen, and you know, and, and you're seeing it again this year. You know, it's and so that's coaching, and um, you know, you look at our outside linebacker coaches with Marvin Martin. You know, he's coaching Dion on the edge and. Taylor gathers our uh, our field side outside linebacker coach, and you know he's he's rotating you know two or three different guys out there, and they're playing phenomenal. And then you look at our, our corners and Coach Fountain and what he's doing with our corners, and and uh, they they played phenomenal Friday, and and um, you know Coach Rogers, our inside linebacker coach, is I mean he's he's got these kids playing good, and Coach. Coach Swick is leading our defensive staff, so you know I'd have to I'd have to say that as a staff, what they did is uh, just extremely impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, going back to, to to all the coaches that are putting in so much time, it's really paying off, and those kids are playing their hearts out. Coach, the offense struggled a little bit in the first half. We did get a score. But what changes were made at halftime that allowed the offense to kind of open it up? keep the Broncos defense on the sideline and give your defense time to kind of catch their breath between defensive series? You know, I think the thing that we preached all week was it, it was more about us than about them. And when I, when I say that, you know, that's, that's um, just doing your job and uh, being patient, not forcing throws, not, you, you know, making sure that we're running the route combination the right way. Uh, not not fumbling a snap, not turning the ball over, not taking a sack, just all that stuff. Just being smart, playing sound. We came out early, and we had a couple penalties. We had, you know, bad snaps. Um, we had some drop passes. And we got into halftime, and we said, guys, it's you know, let's just calm them down, and and let's take what they're giving us. Let's be patient, and let's you know, with the weather being so bad, we. We got to run the ball a little bit, which we did, and we got to be opportunistic. When we get an opportunity, we need to strike, and um, and we did. And you know, I, I never I never felt like we panicked. I thought our offensive staff did a great job. Coach Sloan, um, our offensive coordinator, was phenomenal with with the staff. I'm not going to go through everybody there, but um, it, it, it is one of the best coaching jobs. Uh, and I'm not talking like me specifically. I'm just saying as a whole collective staff that I've ever seen. Yeah, the defensive uh, the defensive adjustments at halftime, the offensive adjustments at halftime really and truly allowed us to be a lot more comfortable, it seemed like, in the second half where the kids were confident going in with the game plan that we changed up. And the coaching staff was really and truly, they were bought in with what, what, you, got, what, what you had instructed your staff to do and it just it turned into something really nice out there on the friday you know even though it was a tough it was a knockdown drag out fight the entire game no doubt it came down to the last play of the game coach i want to ask you about your quarterback mikey sheehan you know there there are some people some doubters saying that you know mikey wasn't going to be able to fill the shoes of 
you know, last year's quarterback who's over at Missouri, Sam Horn. What did you see from him in the offensive unit on Friday? Mikey's a competitor. I mean, I love the kid. He, he's he's going to compete. He's going to give you everything he's got. Um, he's smart. He's football smart. And um, he's going he's gonna to put us in the best position that we can be in. And um, I, I just I saw a kid really kind of come out as a, as a great quarterback. You know, nobody really knows about him. And uh, the kid extends plays with his legs. He, he's got a live arm. He's, he can throw it. And um, he's extremely smart. So, he's, you know, he can make reads that, that need to be made, made. And, you know, he's different than Sam, but he doesn't have to be Sam. He has to be the best version of Mikey Sheehan that he can be. And he's really developing and he's coming a long way. Absolutely, Coach. He, he really impressed me with his toughness that he showed on Friday. He got hit a lot, and you never saw that kid take a knee. He never wanted to come out of the game. He was constantly shrugging me off, and uh, the kid just wanted to play his heart out for his teammates and his brothers. But guess what? Brookwood game's over with. We got the win. The best thing about being 2-0 is, being, is a chance to go 3-0. This week, we are taking on the defending state champion and 3A powerhouse, Cedar Grove. How has the preparation for this week been, Coach? Uh, it's been good. You know, the kids, are they, they understand that we're playing a, a, you know, a really good team. And like I told them, you know, champions, champions, just like Brookwood learned, champions are hard to beat. And uh, we expect a really hard-fought game. And um, we've got we to bring our A game. And, but we've had a good week. The kids are really dialed in in the film study and the game plan. And um, so we'll, we'll go out there and, and uh, you know, we're going to give them all we got. And, and it's, it should be a really good game. I'd want to watch it. I'd want to watch it, too. And I get to be on the sidelines for it. I'm excited about it. Coach, what does Cedar Grove do well? Uh, I know you're probably going to say we need to focus on us. But – what do the Eagles have to do to come out with a win? Well, I am going to say about us, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, alignment, assignment, great fundamentals, tackling. Um, we, we've, we've got to – we cannot make mistakes. That's going to be the big thing is, you know, limit the turnovers, limit the drop balls, um, and then, you know, defensively we can't have any coverage busts. We can't give up deep passes to them and, and – uh, we got to play stingy defense, and, and um, I think the game is one of those games that, you know, could be decided in the last two minutes of the game. So we've, we've, we've got to, you know, really be sharp in special teams and, um, and play sound and not turn the ball over and, and you know, be and, – and just go out there and compete and, and be one point better. Absolutely. Coach, I want to thank you for your thoughts on the past week and the upcoming game. Next up, we will be speaking with a few of our Players of the Week. And special thanks to Susan Plunkett for sponsoring our Players of the Week. Our Player of the Week was Dion Crawford. Our Offensive Player of the Week was Jakari Thomas with 78 yards, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Our Defensive Player of the Week, and on the mic, Luke Thomas. Luke, how are you doing today, son? Good, Coach. Excellent. Hey, Coach. Hey, Luke. You had double-digit tackles. Talk to us about what you do daily to prepare for a game. Uh, one of the main things is film study, making sure I know what I'm doing and making sure I know the plays and the, the checks.
for each play, like the offensive setup, make sure I know what I'm doing and making sure I can play that. So, so double-digit tackles, which is tough to get in any level of football, along with a couple of TFLs. I think you had like two TFLs. Yeah. What, when you're diagnosing an offense, what are you keying on and, and how are you able to get back there so quickly to just, just disrupt the play in the backfield? A lot of the main thing is looking at uh, my guards and running back and seeing the flow of the ball and just moving forward and not taking um, hop steps. So, so what you're saying is no false steps. Yes, Read your keys and attack. Yes, sir. Hey, Luke, I hope you attack on Friday. I look forward to watching you play. Appreciate it, Coach. Up next, our special team player of the week and receiving the Moving the Sticks award. Quarterback, punter, tough guy, Mikey Sheehan. Mikey, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So not only are you throwing passes, but you're punting. And let's be real honest, you put three punts inside the five last week. Is it luck or is it skill? I mean, definitely if I was asked, you know, months ago, it would have definitely been luck. But, I mean, we have a great special teams coach, Coach Tangway, and he's helped me a lot to get better at punting and, you know, being able to execute much better on the special teams game. So you're saying you'll take the luck when you get it, but a lot of it comes down to hustle, effort, and a little bit of skill? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And you also picked up the Moving the Sticks award. I lost count after uh, 20 because I can't count much higher than that. But you got hit a lot on Friday. You were running around, making things happen with your legs. Um, tell us what you saw on the field during the game. How were you able to be successful using your legs and using your arm uh, to, to just keep that offense moving along? Well, I mean, the biggest thing was, you know, going to the game, we had them game plan for one thing. And with the, when the rain hit, you know, it kind of threw everything off. Uh, kind of threw everything off for us with, you know, they started sending a lot more pressure, trying to stop the run. And, you know, it ended up opening a lot of, you know, getting away from people, you know, people be, everybody's caught looking downfield when they're blitzing because they're in man. So then, you know, it keeps me, you know, everybody looking away from me. So then, you know, I break out, you know, no one there to find me. So what you're basically telling me is, is it's a lot of quick diagnosing. It's a lot of making plays with the legs when you have the opportunity to, but taking what the defense gives you. Exactly. All right, excellent. Hey, Mikey, I want to thank you for your time out today. I want to wish you luck on Friday and good luck against those Saints. Thank Next you. up, inside linebacker, sophomore. Guy had nine tackles on the game. Linebacker Javion Hatch, Mr. Hatch. Welcome to the podcast. This is the first time you're on the podcast, isn't it? Hey, I want to welcome you. Hey, do me a favor. Make sure you're talking to that mic nice and loud so we're going to hear your voice, bud. All right. Awesome. So you got the Wood Award. Yes, sir. And the Wood Award is the cleanest, most violent hit that we had during the game. A lot of guys had the opportunity to get that, right? Yes, sir. But you are the one that got it, a sophomore. Talk to me about the play. Tell me what happened. All right. So basically, the quarterback, he scrambled out the pocket because Dion, he was attacking him. Then he tried to scramble up the field. So, you know, I'm not just going to let him run up the field. So I had to hit him, you know, real hard because, you know, I love hitting. So what's the key to getting a good, solid tackle on a big-bodied quarterback like you played last week? Oh, you got to hit low because if you tackle up high, you're going to just get ran over. So we was – our game plan was hit low so you don't get ran over because he do run hard. Would you say the adage, big trees fall hard, uh, work in this situation? Yeah. 
Well, you got a big old hard hit, and we're really proud of you over here there, Mr. Javion. Up next, our Hair on Fire Award, Isaiah Richardson. Mr. Richardson, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. So the Hair on Fire Award is the guy who's just making plays all over the field. You caught a touchdown pass. Did you have a couple TFLs? I know you had about seven tackles during the game. I had about two TFLs that game. Two TFLs, seven tackles, a touchdown. What don't you do? Do you get the water ready for the team too? I mean, I can, but hey, I don't do that, but I could do it. <laughs> Excellent, Mr. Isaiah. So tell us what you're thinking about when you go into a week of practice. You're, you're, you're kind of a five-tool guy because you're, let's be real honest, you're six foot five, you're 215 pounds, you like to hit people, you like to catch the ball, you like to run with the ball, you like to score touchdowns, but at the same time, you like smacking somebody so hard they don't want to get up. So, like, what do you what what goes into a week of preparation for you so that you can be successful on Friday? Well, all week I'm just making sure doing good at practice, making sure my teammates are doing good at practice, and I'm also telling myself that that I'm better than who's in front of me. Like on, on for Friday nights, I'm telling myself I'm better than who's in front of me, and it just helps me so that I'm not nervous during the game. I'm just ready to go. Another question: Do you ever get tired during the game? Um, it's not bad. Maybe like a little bit, but not really, not a whole lot. So you don't get tired, and you play both sides of the ball. Isaiah, I'm glad you're on our team. Somebody recruit this kid. He needs to play Division One football. Up next, the hammer, big time player, make big time plays in big time games. Quentin Grambo, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. How about you? Excellent. So the hammer is something that not a lot of wide receivers get. If you don't know what the hammer is, it is the most violent block during the game where someone usually ends up on their backside, usually reserved for an offensive lineman, maybe even a running back. But a wide receiver, do wide receivers actually block? Yes. So talk to me about the block and talk to me about um, how you handle the situation with the kid afterwards. Um, well... I caught him lacking, and then he was on the ground. He tried to get up. I pushed him back down. He tried to get up again. I pushed him back down again, and then it was a 50-yard gain. So your, would you say that your block was critical to getting that 50-yard gain? Absolutely, because he, he bounced it outside, and nobody was there to tackle him. Who bounced it outside? Was it the quarterback? Yes, sir. So you, uh, you protected your quarterback? Absolutely. You got to. You're going to expect a few, uh, few extra passes here on Friday? Yes. Absolutely. Mr. Grambo, I want to thank you for your time again on the podcast. Our scout team player of the week is Elijah Holland. And our defensive lineman of the week was Deuce Geralds. Up next, we'll have our final comments from Coach Gregory. Don't forget, Eagle Nation, we will have JV and ninth grade playing tomorrow at the Hill with the freshman home versus Norcross and the JV away versus the Blue Devils. Please come out to support our younger Eagles. Most importantly, don't forget, September 9th, 7.30, your Collins Hill Eagles take on the Cedar Grove Saints at Faring Field. Coach, your message to Eagle Nation. Show up. Be the 12th man. They did a great job last Friday. You know, the kids feed on that. Um, you know, it creates a, a home field advantage. So if you haven't seen, you haven't been to a, a game here this year, um, you're wondering what we're about and, and this year and what the 2022 eagles are come come be a part of us you know we've got something special going on at the hill and um you know i'm so proud of these kids and 
come out and, and, uh, and enjoy enjoy a great night of high school football at the Hill. Appreciate your time, Coach, on today's Eagle Podcast and Eagle Nation. Don't forget, it's a great day to be an Eagle. <laughs>